Thanks for joining us for today's message. We want to encourage you to stop by NBCOcala.com if you have a story to share about how God is working in your life or if you would like to support this ministry financially. Today we're hearing a message from our series, Family Matters. During this series, we are discovering that a healthy relationship with God creates healthy relationships in life. We welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. Glad you are with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Real quick, before we get into um, Family Matters, um, I just want to encourage you, if you've not gone through Growth Track, to get into Growth Track. Who is it that we want to go through Growth Track? Everybody. So if you've not been or you want to do a redo, you can go through. And uh, we have it during second and third service, okay? So during this service and during the next service. So that's really convenient. Don't have to come back for another, um, you know, day or night or whatever. And so um, you could go to service now and then, you know, go to growth track later. Um, and I mentioned it today because it's four weeks and today would be week one of that again. So it's a good time to get in on that. Well, let's dive into this. Uh, believe it or not, we're already in our fourth week on family matters. Um, our main text here comes from the book of Isaiah. Let's go ahead and read this together. It says, in the effect of righteousness, and remember, every word counts here. The effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. I believe that this is what God uh, intends for us. And if he intends that for us, I, I do believe it is possible for us to land pretty close to that if we'll do things his way. Um, we can lift a principle from this passage here that righteousness brings peace. Righteousness brings peace. Uh, the Bible tells us that there is no peace, no rest for the wicked. Now, let's travel back here. Righteousness brings peace. That Hebrew Old Testament word for righteousness there means right. It's to do things God's way, the way that God has set them up to work. There's two ways to do anything, God's way and any other way. So we want to do things God's way. And when you do that, that is righteousness in this sense. And it brings peace. There's no peace or rest for the wicked. The word wicked, we covered this a few weeks ago, actually just means wrong. So if you do, you do it the wrong way, it's not going to work. And you do it the right way, it's going to work. And the, and the result of that then, righteousness brings peace. Everybody say peace. That word peace there is the word shalom. And it is a whole, uh, wholeness, completeness. We, we sometimes just refer to it as peace, but it has the idea of everything, uh, nothing missing, nothing broken, a wholeness. How many of you want that for your life, for your family, for your, for your situation? And so we have kind of uh, using the idea of maybe fabric uh, as shalom. Many, many strands, many uh, strings and threads come through this. Not just thrown on a table as a bunch of strands, but woven together, reinforcing one another. This shalom piece is not made up of just one thing. It is many things coming together. Just like uh, God wants in our community a shalom, a wholeness, a completeness. Many things have to come together. You know, we're looking, you know, even like in, in Baltimore right now, their shalom is, is torn and ripped. And it's not just one thing. I, you know, I hear the newscasters talking about, well, it's this and it's this and it's this. It's not one thing. It's many things coming together. And, and that's what we want in our homes and for our communities is those things to be woven together in the right way 
that brings this that is strong, that is beautiful, that is useful, that we can cover, that we can carry, that we can wrap in. And that's what God wants. That's what he's talking about, peaceful habitations and and dwelling in peace. Perhaps a more realistic picture of what we're experiencing would be this, or better yet, this, um, would would be a a more accurate depiction of what's going on in our lives and in our homes. And do you know what? This is actually beautiful. Rather than just shredded, there is effort being made to repair, to mend, to restitch, to patch, um, to bring it back. You don't, you don't want to just leave it. Um, you want to come back. Well, how did it get in that condition? Um, things we decided. Things we do. Life in general. The enemy who hates our families and hates us. You know, pull and snag and tear at the shalom fabric, so to speak, that God has for us. And what we're endeavoring to do, remember that ministry is about people prepare, but it's also about people repair. And what we're trying to do is, is to mend and, and not just leave these gaping rips, you know, in, in this fabric of shalom, peace, and wholeness that God, God wants for us today. Amen? And so, and as soon as you get one thing fixed, it seems like we do something dumb or the devil hits in another way in a, you know, another area, and then we're losing the corner here. But um, God will help us, and let's just keep heading in the right direction um, regarding our families. Can I get a good amen this morning? Amen. What I want to talk to you today about is this, family maintenance. Family maintenance. Families need maintenance. And let's look at a definition here real quick. It says maintenance is the ongoing process of keeping something in good condition. Will you read that with me? The ongoing process of keeping something in good condition. We're maintaining it in a, in a good condition. Everything needs maintenance. Everything needs care and upkeep. Everything. And so everything needs maintenance. I'm, I'm a little skeptical of things that are billed to us as maintenance-free, you know, because then we find out not, not so much. Everything needs maintenance. And so I want you to take this analogy, and we're going to apply it to our families today. Let me show you a few things maintained and not maintained, okay? Here's, um, you know, a flower bed or, you know, and there's, well, there's your house. Not really. This is probably your house. And then uh, go to the next one here. Classic Mustang, maintained, uh, not so much. How about this, your puppy? Could be worse. And then, and then how about this, air conditioning filters, out of sight, out of mind. See, there, it's out of sight and you think, well, we're still breathing. It's probably good, right? Our house is not dirty. We don't have, we don't have allergens and dust. Uh, yeah, you do. And it's important that these things that are out of sight you know, out of, out of mind that we keep those things very important in our whole process of maintenance, especially concerning our families. So everything needs maintenance, and it's ongoing maintenance that we need. Anymore, if you buy a new car or a new appliance or whatever, you're going to hear talk about scheduled maintenance. Schedule maintenance. Why is that? Because uh, if something is new or in good condition, if you don't maintain it, it will deteriorate. And if you don't hold to your end of the scheduled maintenance, you know what? It will void your warranty because they know that if we don't do this, then it's going to be breaking down and they're not going to stand behind that. So it's an ongoing process. Uh, You know, when you got married, 
uh, the joy, the bliss, the carefreeness you had uh, were great. Well, guess what? You've traveled a lot of miles since then. And a lot of things have happened to your shalom, so to speak. And um, it's very vital that we learn how to maintain and maintaining also involves repairing. But understand this, maintenance is not just about, uh, let me put it this way, it's about keeping it in good condition, not just good appearance. Think about our families. Keeping them truly in good condition and not just good appearance. How many of you know that sometimes we can put the good appearance on? Okay, you're not giving it up, but I know, I know, okay? You know, how many of you have ever had this? You fussed at home, you fussed in the car, on the way to church, you fussed in the car in the parking lot. And then you get out of the car, praise the Lord, good to see you all this morning. Right? And I've come around the corner before in Walmart or uh, Target or something, and you're giving your kids the what for? You know, that's going on. Oh, hi, pastor. How you doing, children? Praise the Lord. And you don't have to pretend for me, okay? No pressure there. But this is the thing. It's not just about good appearance. You know, that, that classic Mustang, you can wash it every week. You can wax it. You, you tire dressing, new air freshener. But you know what? You're going to have to change the oil. You're, there are a lot of different things you're going to have to do to maintain it, and the condition of it, not just the appearance of it. Um, maintenance is not just for when something breaks down. That's why we have what is called preventive maintenance. Now, of course, when things break down, we want to maintain those and fix those back up. But preventive maintenance does what? It prevents uh, what would ultimately bring a breakdown. And then in some of my reading lately, I, I came across this. It's a sociological concept called the broken windows theory. The broken windows theory. And the takeaway from it is this. Uh, if you don't repair small things promptly, you will have mass destruction. The idea is in a, a building uh, and you've got a broken window. If you don't repair that window, soon all the windows will be broken. And so in our families, it's a matter of, of repairing. And this is why, because disorder invites further disorder. But if there's actively that we're, we're working to fix the small things and be prompt about and, and consistent about doing that, then uh, we bring order and, and we add value to what we're doing. And so very important thing for us to smick, fix the small problems promptly so we don't end up with all kinds of problems and big ones. So family needs maintenance. Well, last service they did. Families need maintenance and understand that life is a continual cycle of crisis and process. So we've got things that are wearing against us, just the wear and tear of life, bad decisions we make, wrong directions we take, priorities get off, schedule gets overloaded. Uh, Our families are a target of the enemy. You have all those things coming. So definitely our families need maintenance. And matter of fact, perhaps pain and pressure that you're feeling right now in relationships and in family, that really goes back, it points to there's a need for maintenance. There's a need for maintenance there. And so we're going to dive in and look at a number of things this morning, Uh, kingdom elements, kingdom actions that as we apply these, 
They're going to help our, help our families. What we're really talking about when we talk about families, we're talking about relationships. Everybody say relationships. We're not just talking about your furniture and your flower bed and all that stuff. You know, that, that does not even matter. You can have the nicest furniture in the world, but if there's strife and even feasting in your house, nobody's happy, okay? And so we want that shalom peace in our homes, and it ultimately comes down to relationships. And I've taught a lot on this. I'm just going to mention it quickly this morning. Fellowship brings joy to relationship. You say that with me? Fellowship brings joy to relationship. What is fellowship? Fellowship is the Greek uh, New Testament word koinonia, and it has the idea of sharing together, participating together. And so when we do things together in the right way, fellowship brings joy to relationship. You can be related to somebody, but if you don't have fellowship going, there will be no joy in that. The Bible also teaches us that the joy of the Lord is our what? It's our strength. So fellowship brings joy. Fellowship brings strength to our relationships. And so we've got to look at how do we maintain, what does it take for family maintenance? Um, And let me say that the things I share with you today, and look at me for this, there are no substitutes for these. Okay? So let's go back to the classic Mustang. Um, You're going to have to change the oil. And I, I don't care, but, you know, we, we, uh, we really keep the dashboard dusted. Good, but that is no substitute for some other things. So the things I share with you today, there are just absolutely no substitutes for these. Again, these are kingdom principles, and these are kingdom actions that we must take. The first one is this, time given. Time given. A kingdom element and action. Time given. Everybody say it. Time given. Now understand, it's not time spent. I think you have a different mindset when you're giving and when you're spending. And we're talking about our families here. It is time given to your spouse, time given to your children, time given to your siblings, time given, not time spent. Time is the currency of this dimension. So in one sense, we spend it or we give it. And so I think the attitude needs to be that I'm giving my time. Very important thing that we handle it in that way. There's a conspiracy against our time. I, I, so that it gets used up on other things. I wish I had the time. I'd love to do that, but I don't have the time. You know, it's, it's, it's like currency. I, I would give that to you, but I just don't have it. Why? Because we've wasted it. How, how many of you have ever wasted time before? Okay, about 11 of you. And... Um, or we spend it, you know, on good things, but our priorities are off. It gets diverted here and there. A lot of things out to get our time. But there's no substitute for giving your time to someone. You know, sometimes people will try this. I can't give them my time or I won't give them my time, but I'll give them some money. Or i give them a gift. And you know what? That numbs them for the present. You know, you got money, you got a gift or whatever. But over the long haul, it, it can never equate to actually giving time. And we know stories of people that, you know, maybe they had the rich daddy or whatever and never spent time with them but gave them money, gave them gifts, and in the end, they resent it all. I didn't want your money. I didn't want your gifts. I wanted you. And so there's no substitute. 
dad, mom, husband, wife, brother, sister, whoever you are. There's no substitute for giving our time. This is a huge aspect of maintenance for our, for our families. And there's a million ways, a million and one, I'll go, I'll go out on a branch. There's a million and seven ways to spend time with one another. I mean, playing cards, playing catch, having a meal together, having coffee together, just sitting down, talking, walking. I mean, you come up with, there's a million things, wrestling with my kids, a million different things that you could do to just spend some time. How was your day? Riding around, whatever it would be, um, you fill in the blank that we, that we give time. Now think about this. How you use your time is how you use your life. Think about it. How you use your time is how you use your life. So when you give your time, you're actually giving your life for that person. Look at this in John 15. And uh, this is another possible takeaway we could have from this verse. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, Jesus was talking about himself, expressing the great love that he was giving. There's no greater love than that. But when we think about living our lives, we live that within time. And how we use our time is how we use our life. And there is no greater love than this, that you would lay down your life, that you would give your time to somebody. I I would submit to you this morning, one of the greatest expressions of love that you you can give to somebody is to give your time. If you're with me so far, say amen. Amen. Time given, second one is this, energy invested. Say it with me, energy invested. Look in Colossians chapter three, verse 23. And whatever you do, say that's me. And whatever you do, do it what? Heartily, put your heart into this as to the Lord and not to men. Look at this in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. It's to put energy. I believe that time and energy go together. Those are two of the biggies that we often cannot maintain relationships. Well, I don't have the time or I don't have the energy. It happens to all of us. You come home, your kids want to play. um, uh, Hey, buddy, I love you, but I just don't have the energy. I don't have the energy. And, and what we're going to have to do is realize I need to save some energy or find to reach deep and find some energy because this is vital if we're going to maintain family and relationships. Put something into it. Do it heartily. You know, don't just say, all right, I'm spending time with you. <laughs> what do you want to do? I'll play ball. You know, what, uh, we'll talk. You know, don't do that. Put energy, invest energy into it. You know, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. I can remember I did this a couple times and then I really got convicted in my heart. We've always read a lot to our kids and I can remember when they were little, you know, they'd bring me a book and they'd sit up on my lap and we'd read that book a thousand times before. You know, and it's like a story that's gonna go through the alphabet and so Adam had an apple and he ate his apple all day and then Billy had a ball and he played with the ball. And then I realized their, their energy is, or their attention is drifting. So I go, and there are a lot of other kids did a lot of other things and had a great day and lived happily ever after. You know, and I got convicted of that. You know, and so when we do these things, energy invested, it's measurable, it's noticeable. Here's, here's a good phrase that'll go along with that. Wherever you are, be all 
there. So time given, energy invested, and here's a biggie, forgiveness extended. Forgiveness extended. Uh, Look with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Y'all out there? And be kind. Now watch this. And this is all in the context of how we treat one another. This is more specifically in the context of forgiving. And we're talking about forgiveness extended. And be kind to one another. Novel idea. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Even as he forgave you. How did he forgive you? Promptly and completely. You've been forgiven. You are to forgive others the way that you want to be forgiven. Uh, You know, and it talks about being kind and tenderhearted. You don't want to forgive people. All right, I'm going to let it go this time. But the next time. You know, that's not kind. That's not tenderhearted. You want to be forgiven. uh, You want to be forgiving the way you would want to be forgiven and the way that you have been forgiven. The longer you hold on to unforgiveness, the longer you stay in hurt. The longer you hold on to unforgiveness, the longer the fabric of shalom remains torn. And there are no enduring relationships. Hear me. There are no enduring relationships without forgiveness. Forgiveness in essence is this. I release you. You let it go. You let it drop. You say this in essence, you owe me nothing. It's not forgiveness if you keep bringing it back up, keep bringing it back up, keep bringing it back up. You've got to get to the place where you let it go. I know I'm, in, I'm at everybody's address right now, okay? But forgiveness extended. You've been forgiven. So forgive. And forgive in the way that you have been forgiven. Forgive in the way that you want to be forgiven. And now let me add a note to this. Now get this. We're not talking about patterns. If there's a pattern where the person keeps doing this and keeps doing this and keeps doing this, then we've got to work on that. You've got to get some help on that. You've got, you've got to break that pattern. Or if it's something very serious, very egregious, something big, that's not, well, you've got to forgive me. No, it's, it's a matter of, yeah, we're going to forgive, but we've, we've got to work on this. So this doesn't keep tearing and shredding the shalom fabric of the peace and wholeness of our home. But on a day-to-day basis, how many of you know we run into each other? Some of y'all are scared right now. You're, you're, sitting, you're sitting right by family. You're scared. Hey, listen, on a day-to-day basis, we do things. We snag each other this way and that way. We're human. But you know what? We've got to be quick and complete to extend forgiveness. Time given, energy invested, forgiveness extended, and I love this one, gratitude expressed. Gratitude, say it with me, gratitude expressed. Look with me in 1 Chronicles 16, verse 8. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Read that with me. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Has he done anything for you? No, I'm asking you, has he done anything for you? And again, well, I had a pretty bad week. He has been good to you. And we need to give thanks to the Lord Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Let me just apply this. Make known his deeds among your peoples. Okay? So in your home, I think you should talk about the goodness of God. You should give thanks. It should be in the air of your home. When you pray over meals. Oh, really? We're supposed to do that? Yes. Thank God. And and thank him for his provision. And 
talk during the day with one another and, and, and so forth about what God did for us and what God's doing for us and be sure to thank him. Gratitude needs to be expressed. Also, we need to thank one another. Thank people in your house. Even for small things. Yeah, thank you for working so hard. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for doing your chores without having to be asked. Thank you for doing your chores now that I've asked you three times. So, I mean, just thank you for working hard and trying to bring your math grade up or what. You know, thank people for for things. Um, Thank God and thank people. Because listen, a grateful heart is a happy heart. It's a healthy heart. And it will prevent, here's preventive maintenance. It will prevent you from being discontent and complaining. You want to talk about something ugly and stinky in your home? Discontent and complaining. And the thing that will help you is to be grateful, grateful. Express gratitude to God. Express gratitude to one another. I got one more this morning. Hope spoken. Everybody say it. Hope spoken. Words matter. Y'all, words matter. Let the language of hope be the language of your house. Let the language of hope be the language of your house. Look at this in Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Watch this. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to have hope spoken in our homes. Hope for us, you ready for this, is a result of the resurrection. We have real deal hope because of the resurrection. We are Easter people. And hope is the anchor of our soul. And we are to be overflowing with hope. You you hear me on this? Overflowing with hope. And when you're overflowing with anything, you talk about it. And I think the language of our homes needs to be the language of hope. Compliment one another. Encourage one another. Cheer each other up. Cheer each other on. Stay positive. Be aggressively anti-anti. Let's be against negativity. Don't let that pollute your home. Stay positive. Pray, declare, and always, always let your language be the language of hope. People should not come into your home. Your family should not come into your home. And as you talk about things, it just spirals lower and lower and lower. And we become hopeless. People are hopeless. The Bible says if they're without God, they're without hope. But you're not without God. You have a risen Savior. He's watching over you and your home. Let these words come out of our mouth. But pastor, I'm a realist. I am too. And I'm pretty happy. And here's the key. You stay on the right side of the butt. If you've been around here, you know this. You stay on the right side of the butt. What are you talking about? Well, a lot of people do this. So I know God's good and resurrection and Easter people and all that jazz. But we're going through this and got this all messed up and so forth. You're on the wrong side of the butt and you're just going to crash land that thing. You could flip it around and say this. We're going through this and I don't know what we're going to do about this. And this and this, but our God is big and our God is able and he's been faithful to us and our hope is in him. So hope spoken does not deny or ignore that there's real stuff going on. It stays on the right side of the butt and our hope is in the Lord. And he said, whoever would put their hope and trust in him would never be disappointed. These are kingdom elements and kingdom actions, time given, energy invested. 
forgiveness extended, gratitude expressed, hope spoken. These are the strands and fabric and fibers that are woven together into that shalom. There are no substitutes for these things. These things have to be part and parcel of our relationships, not just in the home, but all of our relationships, if we're going to have that shalom peace. And God brings it, and he's awesome. His mercies are new every morning. And we've got to cooperate with this and be very involved in maintenance for our family to make sure that time is given, that energy is invested, that forgiveness is extended, that gratitude is expressed, and hope is spoken and the maintenance for your family and the shalom, peace, and wholeness of God that it'll bring into our homes. And you know what? If you, if you haven't been doing this, look at me. Begin. Begin. If you've been doing this, continue. And for all of us, be consistent. Be consistent about this. And, and I'll, look you, I'll look you in the eye and tell you this. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, you apply these things to your life as kingdom elements and actions. God will make good on these things and bring shalom to your home. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today?